0: phone basically like <laughs> the biggest phone of all time god it's too big too I like, fucked up Ugh. all right so well, we're recording so this is riveting
1: <laughs> yeah so this is riveting conversation great uh, oh man. well uh, like anything fun happen this week oh boy huh before we get into the the shenanigans inevitably uh I first want to open the episode by saying I'd like to extend my best wishes to all, including the haters and losers on this January 11th. What? <laughs> you didn't get it. No. No. The famous Trump tweet, man, extending best wishes oh, to even the 9/11. haters and losers. Oh, boy. RIP oh. to the king. <sighs> I we've lost mm. the world's greatest poster, folks. We love him, don't we?
0: Mm. I mean at this point like it's not even like like you know I kind of was like is this even funny to no, this is this went from like oh look at that to oh god that's happening (gasps) oh I'm gonna doom scroll until five
1: in the morning until this is done like what's interesting about that is that I have no clue what part of the week or what your position is on any of these issues you could be speaking from either side about almost anything right now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh. Well,
1: I, t- I feel like it should be pretty
0: clear as uh you know, someone you know who has uh, fled the the countryside to the the safety of a city that I'm like, well, the hoggies can't get me here. So, I don't know, man, that's what the people at DC thought.
1: But the hoggies I mean, but that's everywhere. a
0: political city. That's not even like a that's not
1: metropolitan in the same way. That's true. That's there's a reason that it's a federal district and not it's and not a state. It's
0: not a state. It doesn't count. It's not even. It's a city just by having people.
1: But half. Although of those people I don't, don't live know there if you time. saw, they're already uh, they're already eyeing up turning it into a state, which is it a probably bad idea. should be. I mean, I mean, it. You know, it's fucked up that the citizens there don't have representation. But having a neutral zone doesn't seem like such a bad idea, especially in the event of things like this. But then everyone who's not a politician should not
0: be, you know should be a part of another state you know like it should be a smaller city limit then
1: uh it is a pretty small city limit i mean it's not bigger than rhode island yeah but like it should be like
0: um uh, vatican city where it's like well we're in the vatican it's a city
1: yeah i know, i get what you're saying but that is pretty much what it is you realize that right no, the district of columbia is not some like sprawling area it is pretty much just a downtown city center with some monuments in it
0: but it's got monuments, it's got museums, it's like, eh, those
1: could be Virginia, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess. Maybe just create a small zone around the White House and the Capitol Building and all of their administrative needs. But that's what they did. If it's not small enough, then. Uh, eh, whatever. You know? Anyway. I don't know, man. You know, I've been thinking for the last couple of days, should we even discuss the shenanigans? I feel like the shenanigans have been discussed. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's not, is it I, even I guess worth I have it? things I to say, but nothing that wouldn't be a repetition of what people have probably already heard on every other show.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> things were, like, people were putting out episodes and, like, putting out, like, pre, like, uh, you know, addendums in the front, like, hey, so things are happening and we're just going to deal with it next week. I was like... Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard
1: a lot of that on my favorite podcast, too. There was a lot of people recording at the time, which was very yeah. interesting. <laughs> what day did that happen? On the 6th? Was it Wednesday? Yeah. So a lot of people record on Wednesdays, apparently. Yeah. For late was week like, releases. Ugh. Yeah. For, like, Friday releases, people were just like, uh, <laughs> uh... But I don't know. There's a lot to discuss since that happened, even, you know? I mean... I mean, the Trump ban is pretty big. I have some things to say about that. I don't even care. It's Twitter. probably like, that we've already discussed, but
0: oh, once once I realized uh, that w- we were on a um a doom a doom scroll moment, I did make a Green and loose Twitter because no one else. Oh, has you made... did? Yeah. Well, it I was I can't like, wait great to
1: get on it and get us banned immediately.
0: No, no, you don't know the <laughs> password, so it's fine. It's great. You don't know the password. It's linked to my no. mm-mm. Um, we follow no one and have tweeted nothing. Oh, that's good.
1: That won't stop us from <laughs> being deactivated eventually.
0: How? No. It's fine. It's got a neutral picture. It's great. It's,
1: it's fine. Um, anyway, we better start the episode any minute now, because we've already been recording for seven and it's been nothing.
0: Oh, well, I mean, there's a couple th- like, of things that have gone under the radar that I, you know, do want to discuss for a little bit, just uh did you see the pantone colors of the year i did not no what were they so it's like citron and gray
1: as if it's 2008 all over again i'm sorry but you're gonna have to repeat that because of the lag i couldn't hear you oh god the colors of the year
0: are citron and gray it's like another tie year where it was like millennial pink and
1: unicorn blue Let me or whatever ask you something what is the process involved in selecting these colors
0: Oh, so I feel like it's a lot of like market research and a lot of like, how are people feeling and like, what do we need? What are like, it's basically like a trend casting, but it's people who like go all over the world and like take in a lot of stuff happening. But
1: like, you can't really do that in a pandemic. So I don't know how they got these two particular colors. Interesting. So they are trying to signify something with them, like they are supposed to be symbolic on some level, or they're just aggregated based on what people are using and doing.
0: They're a little symbolic because like the the yellow was like something fresh, something enlivening, but also like, you know, the sterility of a gray. You need to have the the kind of this like warm neutral all the time too. And I'm like, do you? Also, we did this already. We, We did the gray and the yellow. Like, I was a big fan.
1: Well, do people actually respect the Pantone colors of the year? Like, do people base their seasonal palettes on them, like fashion people? Or I just don't understand what their application is beyond just being a fun novel.
0: No, in the past it was like, oh, you're going to see this around a lot this year. Like, people will make things in this color, like home goods, accessories. Like, you know, your life will be like, ooh, those are going to be the colors. Um. I don't think anyone can actually live with Citron because it's really fucking bright and it's kind of annoying to look at and it gets dirty really easily. Yeah. So I I don't really think that like something that can acquire visible dirt, if you look at it the wrong way, is really the thing we want to think about right now.
1: You know, Um, when I was in seventh grade, I had a pair of cargo pants that zipped off three times so you could make them into short shorts, regular shorts or capris.
0: And short shorts for that time were to the knee, yes.
1: Yes. And uh, those were gray with uh, Citron accents, like on the stitching and around the piping and things like this. Yeah. Um, I have a very bad memory of those pants because I was uh, trying to make a new friend group, and I was jumping on a trampoline, and then uh, Tommy Lewis threw threw, uh, pink mashed potatoes at me.
0: I've heard this story before, but I didn't know that they were pink mashed potatoes.
1: Yeah, he squirted a bunch of uh, strawberry syrup into them just to make the effect more devastating.
0: Okay, that's disgusting in so many... It, in multiple ways, that's incredibly disgusting. Um, Most. I think the, that might
1: be one of the last times I cried, honestly.
0: That's not true, but okay. <laughs> God, okay. I mean, yeah, it has this very, like, Old Navy polar fleece moment about it. Like, But also, like, there was a time when, like, that the first time that you could do like neons in fashion in a really uh, tight way was uh, in 2007, 2008. And it was everywhere. because um, people were bored of the beige of, of the time before, because post nine 11, you had a lot of somber time and there was black, everything and got muted soft colors. And then you can be like fun. Um, it was like, Obama yellow. Yeah. And you're like, why are we, what, how, huh? Um, So now I think it's a kind of a little bit of a retread because initially I think it was going to be like a a harbory blue, like a dark smoky gray blue as the color of 2021. But they
1: went for a redux. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it signifies some sort of optimism or like, is that what you're getting at? That they're trying to like resurrect a certain moment uh, in cultural memory where things were a little like spunkier and happier?
0: Because I think enough, we're going to
1: see a lot of that over the course of the next year, especially like getting used to Biden being in there. Honestly, I think that people, whether it's you know subconscious and passive, or you know deliberately decided upon, they do tend to do these things with uh, political cycles. Like you know Joe Vibin. he's supposed to be like the old grandpa that everybody loves, and we're all looking forward to like having a blue-controlled government. So I, I honestly wouldn't put it past people's collective unconscious to like usher in 2007-2008 again.
0: Yeah, but like you actually have to have like declining death rates for that to really feel any joy and for people to
1: actually move around the world. Um when they're uh, still no, trapped we've, inside, we've, they're not going to, you know. Well, we've normalized that, so we don't worry about that anymore.
0: I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um because again, like the the amount of travel that people are used to doing is so low. Even though I did hear French people walking by in the street the other day, and I went,
1: well, yeah, I found out I found out today that the international borders are not as closed as I imagined. Um, oh yeah, apparently you can just sneak away real quick. I don't know. Yeah, you can apply for. I, I think the European Union is still really tepid about letting Americans in, but I'm sure if you're important enough, you can you can get back and forth from there. But like almost every other country in the world, like if you want to go to Mexico or you want to go to Russia. Or uh, China, maybe not China. I'm not sure, but like China closed can... their borders. They were like, "No, thank you." Yeah, but you can go a lot more places than I realized. Well, hmm. I uh, I, don't I mean, know. let I d- me a- let me ask you this about the about the events of the week because we were talking like as it was going on. Were y- were you watching the siege of the capital as it happened, or did you only find it later? Because you've been off work.
0: Uh, I mean, when I. So I went, well, we'll circle back to what I was doing before, but so when I finally got home, before I, you know, doom scrolled, um, when I got home, it was like three or four o'clock. Yeah. I want to say. And so I was in the car for, I don't know, Upper East Side to Brooklyn. I don't know. Like give it 45 minutes, maybe with one stop on the way, for snacks. Um, so like within that 45 minute time, I had no idea what was going on. And then all of a sudden, whoop, and then just was watching things roll in again not on the giant tv in my hand little little baby videos right i
1: i wanted to bring this up because i was in a very similar state where i was at work and people started sort of chattering about it while i was there but i was unable to look at any images of it and when i first heard about it my initial reaction was just oh that's sort of exactly expected like i wasn't that surprised and i also thought it was funny immediately And it wasn't until later, upon seeing images of it, that I realized, like, oh, this is actually, like, pretty serious, at least in its optics. You know, I'm curious what your reaction was after that 45 minutes was up, when you finally started to see the images of the guy with the horns on and people sitting in the chambers. That's when I was like, oh, shit, this isn't just some goof. This isn't just some lark, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the stuff that I was like, where are people Again, I told you this, and it's hard to explain in any meaningful way. but I was like, the formal sense of that time is so confusing, and code switches so many expectations of what you think, like, that would look like, that I was like, I don't know what to make of this other than, oh, no. And and then the guy tased his balls off, so I don't even know, like, right. and had a heart attack and died. So, like, you know, like, the sheer... You have this combination of like the the anxiety of like what is happening? This can't happen, this doesn't happen here, and then you're just like they're still dumb enough that they're electrocuting their balls to heart attack, so like I don't
1: know, I don't know what's going on um so like I said, uh, it's a really difficult event to analyze in that way because uh on on the face of it, it seems like it's a really big deal, and obviously the way that the media propagandizes it makes it seem like nine eleven or something. But you can't hold the idea in your mind that it's as serious as a real terrorist attack and have someone tasing themselves in the balls. That's the part that's like... Yeah.
0: You know, it doesn't... I mean, granted, like, you know, this is, was like a real inside job, ostensibly. You know, where people are like, okay, we'll get the doors open for you. And you're like, mm, why? But like... Again, the sheer stupidity of the images. I was like, so they go and they... You have, like, people inside the chambers trying to protect people with uh, guns drawn. And then when people finally, like, breach that, they just do, like, Batman 1, like, the Joker going through and, like, tossing papers, you know? Like, it's not even, like... (laughs) You know, like, they're just kind of like, woo, ha ha, ah, selfies, and you're like, so there was no plan, you just did this, and you're, okay, well.
1: Well, because they don't have any real demands, right? Like, to pause for a second and talk about the serious politics of it, like, the reason that it's kind of crazy that it's being called terrorism now and being really blown out of proportion, again, although the optics of it on one level are bad. They did bring pipe bombs, so you can't dismiss that. Well, there was that pipe bomb at the RNC, but there's no way to know who did that or how related it was to anything else going on. I mean, that that's same principle applies to the entire event. Like, there were people in there that were deliberately trying to storm the place with guns, and there was that grandma waving a flag. So, you know, I don't yeah. like glossing over all this stuff because that's what liberals right now are doing. That's what the mainstream media is doing, is just treating it as if everybody in there was armed with an AR-15 and was ready to kill AOC. When that's obviously not what was happening. Basically they were having a festival in there. You know? They were having uh the fire festival or south by southwest for QAnon people in the Capitol. That's why they were just tossing papers and stuff. It's a tantrum. It's not an act of terror. They were having a tantrum.
0: But like a tantrum that's that heavily armed is uh and met with no resistance is the part that it's like, well that's pretty that's 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 the part where you're like, nothing, nothing?
1: That's the part where I'm sympathetic to the gravity of the issue is like, how is this allowed to happen? I mean, why wasn't there more people there? You know, the, the image being broadcast to the world that our Congress is that easy to access while they're in session is the most dangerous thing about it. Oh, yeah. My favorite but thing But the people was, themselves that even... actually got in were not that dangerous. Let's be real.
0: I mean, here's the thing. Again, my favorite tweet i'm less impressed by nicholas cage stealing the declaration of independence i mean same same you know the national treasure of it all is like oh it's actually not that hard um and it's like well again when you got guys working on the inside we'll just hold the door open for you and walk you down the stairs it's like i just uh that's the part that just makes me like
1: i don't know like I think, again, much like the Pantone colors, it's back to some sort of collective unconscious thing where it was allowed to happen not in the sense that someone sat down in a room and said, let's just let them do it. But by a series of systemic failures and uh, coalescing of people's intuitions, it was allowed to transpire. And the only reason is because they didn't have any serious demands and they weren't going to do anything but steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop and sit in her chair.
0: But like, then there's the guy with the zip ties. So you you, like, you can't write it off whole hog. Like that's, that's kind of an impossibility. But, but you don't know how much LARPing is involved. This is what I, it gets confusing to kind of watch as images because you're like, these people LARP at this all the time. So like, is
1: this real or is this a fever dream? Well, and some people were there for real. Like let's pretend I don't know what the guy with the zip ties intentions were, right? But let's say he was there to hogtie Bernie Sanders and what or whatever and execute him like he was in North Vietnam. Let's just say that was true. Well, that's just one guy that's there to do that. The grandma was obviously not there to do that. The guy that got stampeded to death while carrying a don't tread on me flag. Wait, that happened? That was one of the deaths. That is not an onion headline that is fucking straight up for wait that's real yeah
0: (laughs) who missed that on the doom scroll but oh boy so Uh. so the point is there's
1: a lot of people there with a lot of different intentions just like how in the uh black lives matter or left-wing protests over the summer in the course of the year there was lots of people there with lots of different intentions what bothers me is the fact that most people that i know are willing to look at the left-wing stuff and give everyone the benefit of the doubt in every situation because remember, they burned down government buildings too. They also started a chaz where a young black kid got fucking shot by the makeshift police. And everyone's willing to like grapple with the, the complexity and the nuance of those situations, but not when it comes to the QAnon people. Yeah, because it's not. So you're my, my the, only point in saying that house is. The of the country. I understand that, but the, that's just because that was the only place for the right wing to do that. They don't have beef with anybody except the federal government because they want Trump to be God-emperor. So if that's where it has to happen. It can't really happen on a smaller scale. Well, it shouldn't happen, period. Well, if that's really your take on it, it shouldn't happen, period, which to some extent I agree with, then those other protests shouldn't be able to happen either. But you know what the Democratic governors did in those places was let them have their tantrum and wear themselves out.
0: I mean, but again, like...
1: That is not to justify either occurrence of this situation i'm just di- diagnosing what happened and what is possible it's and it that's just, what frustrates me is people yeah, are but not like,
0: like yeah but like the way that you're phrasing it i'll just caution you against this for your own sake is that it sounds a little bit like there's some good
1: people on both sides which mm, blah, blah. well listen it does sound a little bit like that sorry Ugh. I, I i think it, that's mm. i think that's a real like You have to be able to skirt that line sometimes of sounding like the people that you disagree with. That means that you have like a reasonable ability to read a situation. I'm not afraid to sound like a right winger because I'm not a right winger. Increasingly, I'm not sure what I am anymore. But you have to like look at a situation and apply, you know, a certain rationale to it that has nothing to do with your team. The problem yeah. I have is is the lack of nuance when you get into uh, well it was the other team so it's all bad.
0: No, no that's not what I'm trying to get at. I just I worry about the like the horseshoeing of a certain kind of left that ends up, you know, kind of just like still at that you know at at this point a little too much without kind of not going towards back towards the center but just like uh, you're just Shooting back around, real, real close, and uh, well, what I don't
1: understand is w- what is the argument for being afraid of that? I understand that you're telling me I'm doing that, and I probably am to some extent. I don't really, I don't really care for the horseshoe theory in general. I don't think that that makes any sense. But sure, but like, what is the danger there? Or you know, you're cautioning me against it because you're worried that friends of ours will yell at me. What I'm saying is, I don't oh, care if people yell. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. And I and I think more and more people should be less and less afraid to uh, say what they actually think in spite of what it might sound like and stop tone policing themselves because we're getting into a situation where your tech overlords are going to tone p- police for you anyway.
0: <sighs>
1: and a meaningful act of resistance is actually just speaking your mind and having the courage to perhaps be wrong or perhaps get into a debate rather than um, just reinforce the bubble of blue team, red team.
0: I mean because I, uh, I, uh, mm.
1: guess what if if there's right now if there's some sort of nsa algorithm that goes through and is able with machine learning to listen to every podcast on the internet they would take this episode down for me sounding too much like a right winger but you know i'm not and everyone yeah. listening to this knows that i'm not so why in what sense should i be taken down right but that kind of stuff is about to happen
0: mm, highly doubtful Probably not I to us.
1: Probably not to us. We're lucky we have no audience. But you're going to have to deal with that from now on.
0: I don't. I. Yeah. Again, I there's something about that that I fully doubt. If only because we're like, if the limits of actual censorship is calls for insurrection, that's a pretty high bar to like have to like you know hit on the limbo stick. Like you just didn't duck. You know, like that's that's a very high bar. Um, But at the same time, on the left, anytime there were calls for, you know, defunding of the police, that there were a lot of uh, freezes on accounts, let's just say, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried that any position that deviates from the center at all, like the Overton window for these type of events will just shift depending on what is convenient. You know, whatever is convenient for the powers that be is where that window of sp- of freedom of speech will be. And if you fall outside of it, you will be cut off from your access to Internet dialogue. Now, they can't extend that to real life freedom of speech, at least yet. But it's trending in that direction. Mm. I, no. I no. mean, why are you not worried about this? Like, I actually didn't expect to, I, I don't know. I didn't expect to get so much resistance from you on this point.
0: I also don't think, like, I don't know, at this point, like, after, you know, engaging in said Twitter doom scrolling for, you know, the past couple of days, I'm like, this is a lot of useless information. And it's a lot of, um, <clears throat> anyone who takes that actually seriously is uh, working out a thought. I kind of am a little dismissive of, of that, just because there's a lot of um, first draft thoughts. And it's not necessarily, like, the venues for actual discourse it's not twitter so like if that's going to be like everyone's like new barometer i'm like "Eh, no um and that's what i kind of like that's why i'm like it's not that's not the worst case scenario
1: i I i agree with you that real real dialogue tends not to transpire on websites like twitter or really any social media the more salient point to me is just that the the power to censor somebody's voice is like too large and has no checks on it. You know, at at least if it was the government primarily doing it, which it's not, um, you have some recourse to law, but when it's just tech companies being able to do it at their own whim, um, and think about the timing of this. I mean, Donald Trump said a lot of bad shit on Twitter. They're only doing it now because he's about to not be president anymore which is what makes me worried about it. They're setting the stage and setting a precedent while there's still a plausible threat available so that they can do it whenever they want uh, when their guy is in there. So but it's again, not really uh, about the quality of the dialogue. It's about the ability to do it. Because I agree with you that the l- resolution of the conversation on the internet is generally pretty low, but that doesn't mean that you should be able to silence people unilaterally um, by four CEOs. Yeah. <sighs> I think that's really dangerous. Like, I, I do. And I've been complaining about this for a long time. I don't think I'm saying anything new here. I mean, remember yeah, last summer like... when I was complaining about, like, the Cumtown subreddit and the Chapo subreddit and all those subreddits getting axed? Well, here we are. And now they're just doing it to the right again, as they've been doing for years. But they're going to do it to the left. They're, you know, dear listeners, they're going to do it to you. And I don't understand why people aren't worried about this. If your argument is you should just get offline and have real life conversations, great, but your political effectiveness might diminish then. Yeah, but or not your uh, political effectiveness, but your dic- discursive like broadcast range is going to narrow.
0: I don't know. I I I'm wondering I'm kind of wondering when the when the actual legitimate burnout of presuming that the entire world can function in a in a social media discourse where everyone's just like you know what we're done with that like you know and we talk about a lot about the the failure of like a print media as an option but it, when you're thinking about the the historicity of how ideas change it's always been printed it's not so much been about the recorded process it's always been a pamphleted kind of
1: history yeah, but wasn't that just a less technological version of posting? I mean, it, it was it, it's only been preserved in that form more often because that, the printing press has existed for longer than the internet. But they're equivalent technologies in their own times. You but know? I
0: wonder about, like, you know, it's very easy to... When you think of the idea of deplatforming, it can, like, that record can be struck fully, but then it's like, that's just one kind of record. We have many, many modes, so... I wonder if, and when you think about like, oh, someone gets shunned or people have to go underground, missives still would trade hands, however illegally.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the Soviet Union, it was called samizdat. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's going to be more and more common. People are going to have to find ways to do that. But the thing is, the internet is effectively a de facto monopoly. And when things start happening, like happened recently, where people get banned from Twitter, migrate to Parler, and then all the tech companies get together and, as a cartel, say we're going to ban Parler from our app store, therefore no one has any access to it. I mean, you just simply don't anymore, unless you want to download the app somehow on your desktop and shovel it over to your phone. I mean, they can effectively shut down the broadcast of Samizdat, too. And most people even that are online, are not tech-savvy enough to do things like go on tour or use a VPN or figure out how to get around these things, which, by the way, I mentioned my cease and desist letter a few weeks ago on here. Uh, Tech companies have found ways around those things, too. So it's very concerning that in an era where our printing press equivalent is the Internet that you basically are not going to have access, and I don't know how you distribute Samizdat anymore. Distributing pamphlets ain't going to compete with Twitter. It ain't going to compete with Facebook. So I don't know what to do.
0: I mean, this is oddly where, like, uh, this is where, like, images can then rule over words a little bit again. Like, you can still take a picture of a printed thing or a screen, you know, a screenshot, and then it's not scourable via text, you know, text search. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, you get into this kind of like glyph, almost a kind of glyphic trade of information.
1: Yeah, I mean, which is kind of interesting can- as a a new world, but. Um, I mean, how new of a world is it? Think about like all of the funny jokes that were hidden in the margins on uh, illuminated manuscripts in the Middle Ages, things the church wouldn't have approved of or uh, Michelangelo criticizing the pope by painting him as a flayed body on the back of the Sistine Chapel. You know, these getting you're you're right. I mean, images can maybe images can maybe function to do that. But again, like the distribution mechanism for most of these things is controlled by a cartel and i don't and i don't know how you get get around them really
0: it's also because america as a young country is uh, a a dumpster fire in that um we don't have a kind of tradition of upholding historical things again like when you think about like what papers do we have we have 3 when you think about the history of france their major papers have existed for hundreds of years you know even they're sure. like alt you know, if you think about the Charlie Hebdo of it all, like, that's existed for a very long time. And then, if you think about, there's some German shit, but that's got a fucked up history, so let's not even deal with that. Um, you know, like, there's a lot of modes in older countries. In a way that America, were just like, no, we'll take the new one. Fuck it. I don't have to pay for a paper anymore. And then, thus, like, you know, your local news gets worse and worse until... It's held together by people who care a lot, who are doing a lot of work that doesn't get as much shine because it's not as, you know,
1: internet-y. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, our society is held together not by truly culture, but just by spectacle, too. I mean, the reason people move on from one thing to the next thing is because it's a country of immigrants and it's a country that's only existed under a single mode of production. You know, the reason that these papers that are hundreds of years old have some value is because collectively these people are Frenchmen or collectively these people are Spaniards. That doesn't really apply here. You know, all we are is uh, a war of two spectacleized political teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, th- and in a country were there were where. Three? A- no, there were never three. I-
1: i mean the thing the thing that worries me is I think there's actually more like three or four teams in the United States of America, but it's team three and team four that are being censored right now, not teams one and two well, teams one and two are just one A and one b
0: Correct. there is You're no right. actual altern- it's not an alternative um it's just a you know this is why I think like maybe the reason why that this happened is that there was this kind of weird ache for a kind of monarchy which is very strange, but this is what happens when you don't really have options. So if I'm saying everything is one a or one B, you are really just talking about like one thing. You don't even have like a house of parliament where there's, you know, right. What is it? Well, and the, labor, like you don't even yeah. have that as an option except some outliers who are like, no, uh, no, 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 I don't want to do this, um, but I'm still here.
1: The, the reason to be afraid, in my opinion, of this kind of censorship that is sliding into a sort of totalitarianism, ironically coming mostly from liberals, is that this pining for monarchy applies to both Team uh, 1A and Team 1B. It just takes a different form depending on your sort of cultural background, right? Because Blue Team wants a monarchy too, but they want it to resemble a liberal democracy, Red Team is unapologetic about wanting a monarchy that resembles a monarchy. And it's because they're more religious about it. Yeah. And Blue Team the... wants Cloud City. No, they don't. They think that they do, but what they actually want is, like, uh, a Motel 6. Yeah, but you remember what happened in Cloud
0: City. Like, you can easily, you know bribe lando like it's not like a you oh, know, there you go yeah you know okay. like okay. it's still this like utopian looking like everything's lovely welcome to cloud city and you're like oh yeah he just paid me some money so like fuck you guys
1: right they want utopian looking not yeah. utopian in substance right
0: yes that's the yeah that is the that is the metaphor that i'm kind of going for whereas like you know red team 1a wants like ramparts and you're like whoa weird freaky idea to go back to like we don't need to do ramparts like what are we doing um
1: well i think it's largely because they're more nationalistic in a more upfront way and the history of this country is based on a revolutionary event at its core yeah yeah so the images of gadsden flags and ramparts really resonates when you're a nationalist and it doesn't resonate so much when you're a globalist which is a Big difference between 1A and 1B.
0: Yeah, but also, like, neither of them learned a lesson during Reconstruction because there wasn't really, you know,
1: there was still a lot of power held. So. What are you talking about? Reconstruction after the Civil War? Yeah. Can you expound on that a little bit? Not really. Explain what you (laughs) mean.
0: i don't have that much when you think about like what happens after reconstruction it was basically people like we won fuck you and it was just like oh god we have to pay for stuff now and it was like yeah fuck you guys like we you know have paying the bill for a lot of people for a long time so fuck off like it was just rich people spatting and they're like fine i guess we'll do it you know i guess we'll pay people now
1: oh fuck like I mean, I I guess I don't I don't understand. But what the power
0: you mean. shifts. There was no power shift there at all. Period. During Reconstruction after the Civil War, yeah. for powerful American families, they've no. Vanderbilts have been around forever. Like think about it.
1: Like I mean, not not really true. I mean, it, you know, the South was pretty greatly impo- impoverished by Reconstruction. It was it was really you know Lincoln dying and the subsequent presidents Johnson Grant. And then like Rutherford B. Hayes basically giving up on the project of Reconstruction that gave those Southern aristocratic families, if, if this is what you mean, um, you know, back their original power. That's what I mean. By not like, punishing them like... hard enough, they basically maintained the stalemate that led to the Civil War in the first place, except now slavery is out of the picture. But things like segregation and discrimination and murder are not.
0: Yeah, it's basically yeah. just like you're paying for stuff. We'll let you like come back to the country club. Now that uh, you have paid yeah. a little bit of dues, a sure. little I bit <laughs> of extra dues, you know, like
1: I'm I'm actually reading a book about this right now. I won't get into it, but I feel I just feel compelled to say that is that is very simplistic. But I'll 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 take it. <laughs>
0: See, that was just like off the top of my crazy head. I was like, you know, it's kind of like that, right? <laughs> um, I don't know.
1: I'm reading Shit this right fuck. here. it's called I, I recommend this to all listeners. It's called the Republic for which it stands. It's a book about reconstruction and the Gilded Age, and I'm finding oh. a lot in it that is very similar to our to our current moment Gilded age um
0: yeah, I mean everyone's thinking like, oh, this is going to be full- on roaring twenties like ding dong, ding dong the dick is dead, and like we're gonna have vaccine and then wooha like this circles back to the color thing where everyone's just like, it's going to be great. I'm like, no, it's not going to be great. Everybody's still poor. No,
1: no. Well, no, it's, it's going to be terrible. I mean, conditions will continue to decay. We still won't be able to deal with coronavirus. It doesn't matter who the president is, you know? I mean, but now they're talking about passing like a second Patriot act in reaction to what happened this week. And you know, that type of surveillance and mandate to kill, not, foreign terrorists but american citizens now um is not good for anybody Wasn't and it'll just fly tom under cruise the radar movie? what that was a tom cruise movie
0: right where it was like uh you get brain scanned of like your potential future
1: crimes oh yeah minority report eh, well yeah i mean this is what companies like palantir are doing this is what they are designed to do is and uh, who's is an aggregate data and find future crimes well hey man you can never bet against america being evil that's that's my number one investing philosophy (laughs) and listen since we're all (laughs) since we're all going to get turned into peasants i'm gonna make what little capital i have work for me my god and if something else emerges as an alternative hey i'll get out of the market and uh have a dignified life some other way but apparently we don't have that choice right now
0: that's true i mean yeah where where can you go is there anywhere to go there's nowhere to go right
1: uh no, especially because this country is ridden with a su- uh, supposedly deadly virus. You can't literally can't go anywhere unless you want to go to Russia or Mexico.
0: Well, you know, I mean, a lot of people went to PV, so you know, mm-hmm.
1: it's already starting. Well, hey, uh, on another dour, depressing note, did you see that they're not even going to do two thousand dollar checks now?
0: Wait, why? Because Joe Manchin
1: says no. Oh, and he walked
0: it back. He walked it back like two days later.
1: Yeah, but just wait. Just you wait. They're never going to do it, man. I don't know. I don't know if I...
0: It could go several ways. It could go the way of, you know, you control everything. Try to do something. And I don't know if, you know, in a perfect world, the amount of trying would be amped up because it's like, well, all right, so they're trying to kill us. Fuck everybody. All right, let's spend some money, Um, which would be the ideal and um, smartest thing to do for, you know goodwill uh sealing a political future that everyone can actually like function in um but anyone who's
1: temperate well uh well said but that means that the democrats will do the exact opposite you can always count on that I mean, that's I the mean, thing, right? Like, the, you know, this is a perfect e- event for the Democrats, too, because not only will they get to be censorious when it comes to anybody criticizing the Biden administration, but this entire thing has shifted the conversation way away from ever helping the proles like you and I or anyone in our audience. They got the heat off them immediately because they were never going to do the $2,000 checks. That's the dirty secret. And now they have a perfect excuse not to. Well, we can't give you anything because of the rising tide of fascism. We have to spend our resources putting that to bed before we can actually help anyone.
0: Well, they already spent that money, though. That's already been allocated in defense budgets forever. Like, it's like, this is why there's a lot of pushback now. It's like, well, you let the capital be breached. Do you need more money or can you go fuck yourself? We're going to actually pay some people now. Like, that's a certain conversation that's happening.
1: Well, but they're not going to do that. What they're trying to do is bushism. They're going to increase the defense budget to police us at home to police their own citizenry and I guarantee that, you though. that will happen Sound like who cares? they're going to do it more well i mean i'm 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 very afraid of this man i'm- I'm sorry to be like such a such a downer, but I feel like the 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 more distance I get from the last week and the less I think of the hilarious optics of people being tased in the balls uh The more and more this gets depressing. And then, you know, I mentioned to you at the beginning of this call that there's a big football game on tonight, right? And, like, that is what my family is downstairs doing right now. Like, nobody even knows that this shit is going on. It will probably not impact their lives in any meaningful way. Uh, But for anybody with a dissident voice, uh, anybody who's interested in heterodox thinking, like, we're all fucked. I'm not interested in hetero thinking, what? Heterodox. Oh, I don't know what that is.
0: Um, sorry. You're only
1: interested in homoerotic thinking. Your head's always in the gutter. Get it out.
0: I mean, I'm very intrigued by the homodoxing going on uh, with anyone who, you know, flew south for the winters. Um, it's, it's a wild shit show to watch, and I am, that's popcorn. I was like, you know, as all hell was breaking loose, I was like, are we still doing this, too, on the side? Okay, great. Thank you.
1: So what Will's talking about is an Instagram account called Gaze Over COVID, meaning that they're not respecting the lockdown rules anymore. Uh, and then there's Gaze Over Gaze Over Gaze Over COVID, which is a really fun loop-de-loop. So can you map out for me the trajectory of this conversation? Because I only <sighs> recently became aware of it, and it's gotten so many levels to it that I c- couldn't articulate it for the audience. Maybe you can.
0: I mean... So some very Caucasian, very rich gays decided to go to a circuit party that was being thrown in Puerto Vallarta for New Year's Day. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, the new year. Um, When people got wind of this and the fact that there were a lot of nurses and doctors who had just gotten a vaccine and then were like, cool, I'm ready, Uh, and then they fled to put on Speedos and do ketamine – um, people were like, "Oh no 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 no, let's use, let's use Instagram to dox, Which I go, "Oh, maybe not the greatest. Uh, not the. <sighs> I mean, putting the faces would be one thing, but naming the names. I'm like, well, okay, all right. Well, you're gonna get a lot of a lot of the gays fired. Um, but then it's you know, as you know. As a culture that loves uh, phallic-shaped things, the snake eating its table, tail was like, well, we'll take a bounty out for anyone who can tell us who this person is, who runs this account. And it's like, okay, $500, you're rich, guys. You spent $500. That's not even like...
1: So what? wait, what do you mean a bounty? So they, the, somebody, somebody decided to dox the people that were going out to party, right? And yes. then someone else decided, let's stop the doxers by yes. putting a price on their head.
0: Yes. A five hundred dollar price. And I'm like, that's like a pair and a half of Gucci Loafers. Like you can do better. Like w- Oh yeah. What I mean this? I feel like you can easily um, crowdsource so then it that became on a this Patreon kind of like two hours. Yeah, everyone could like tip a single. Um but yeah, that's how and it just became this kind of circular thing of like bad, 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 bad finger pointing and then it turned into, Well, that guy gave me HIV and then ever the entire you know world was like whoa we don't do that
1: i was like okay wow so i mean you keep saying a circular thing but they refer to that as a circular firing squad right sure everyone was just killing everybody else by whatever means necessary out of sheer uh what like revenge at a certain point
0: a little bit of spite but a little bit of like embarrassment of like oh my god you can't like you're Dimming my good vibes, like how dare you? Um, and it you know, it's just it gets painted among a certain kind of uh tribe that it's like, well, you just hate us because we're hot, and it's like, no, you're just doing some stupid shit. And people are like, you, 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 which again, the doxing, don't do it. That's that's what uh, I don't know. This is this also relates to the other events
1: of the week where I'm like, doxing, I don't know. Yeah, I don't under I don't understand how we've ended up in a situation where most people are rooting for censorship and rooting for reputational and economic reprisal against other people.
0: But I mean, here's the I thing. I mean, to like, anybody
1: go ahead. Go ahead. Like the
0: doxing in the in the gaze is like a little more harmless because it's just like, you're an asshole. All right, everybody knows you're an asshole. I mean, people probably already think that of you. Great.
1: Um, Can I say something, though? I don't think it's harmless at all. I don't think somebody losing their job because they're an asshole is just. I do not think that that is good cause to ruin somebody's economic life, especially in a situation where we are all so precarious. I mean, to anybody listening, what kind of a person are you if you're trying to ruin someone's life because you don't like their choices? Their choices are theirs. You have no control over this, and if you're willing to exercise that on the space of social media in the negative, you are a piece of shit. You're a bad person. I mean, Way worse than the person who's an asshole. Way worse. If the asshole is a nurse
0: and then is going to come back and then not, probably obsess, obsessively not quarantine for two weeks. But you don't know whether eh, they're going to quarantine or yeah, not. You don't, you don't know. That's, that's the other part. You don't know. You know, I will always say that you don't know. This is why I always am like, "Ooh, doxing, ooh, bad." Like, it's no, always it's always like, bad. It's always how did we not enough how information?
1: We, how did we end up in a situation where being a rat was prized?
0: Yeah, mm,
1: you do not I, do that. Everyone knows this, and and it's, it increasingly seems like no one thinks so. Well, it's bad. it's one thing to be like judgy, but then it's another thing to like have a little bit
0: of spite behind the judgment. Like, raising an eyebrow is very different from pointing a finger.
1: Yeah, or gossiping is very different from telling on someone. Being a tattletale is not good.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I love the the eyebrows of, like, hmm, you see that? Okay.
1: Uh, versus, like,
0: that one. It's, like, okay, scarlet lettering. Really not a great thing. Again, like, when it comes to people, like, I don't know. I Like, I didn't like when it was, like, I saw things shared of, like, Let's help the FBI. Here are the pictures. And then Instagram, do your thing. I was like, ooh, we like cops now? You like cops now? Okay. I, you might want to revisit this. Like, I don't know. Like, granted, like, you, the people should not have to do the policing. Ostensibly, that is what the police are there to do. But clearly, there was a failure on that front. So, like, I don't, you know, that's a confusing mindfuck to think about. Um. Well, this
1: is the soft total totalitarianism of all of this. They have uh, effectively propagandized a huge percentage of the population in order that we all tell on each other. The state doesn't even have to step in anymore, you'll do it to yourselves. Yeah, that I don't like. That that And and, and I don't under I don't understand how you can how you can square that with support for a larger state when it comes to things like uh wanting healthcare for everybody or whatever. Like I don't know if you saw today there was a lot of um posting about uh imagine thinking you have a right to Twitter but not a right to healthcare as if those two things are equivalent at all. As if you can't both be against censorship and for free healthcare when that is a completely reasonable position to have well, there
0: were a lot of people who were like uh well free speech is a right but like you have to work yourself into getting healthcare and I was like is. again this goes back to my point of you don't need twitter no one said you if twitter is equivalent to your free speech i do think you know living a healthy life is probably closer to a right than well it is a right versus having twitter like this is the the fundamental kind of like huh that i just don't but look know if, how if, people mind process that
1: I don't know either, but if you can accept the premise that because the internet is essentially a monopoly, as I said before, it is a de facto monopoly whether it is legally or not. You can also hold the position that free speech on any platform is a right and healthcare is a right. I don't know why people are willingly making that diametrically opposed when it's not at all. Collapsing the two arguments against each other is helpful to neither position.
0: Again, like... Free speech is great, but like you're gonna have consequences like you you should never be withheld like the idea of like not being able to that's a that's a thing. But when you use your platform and you're like, let's fuck shit up, like eh, maybe you don't get a platform anymore. Like again, when it when it's in a uh, violence in insider that's where you go, Ooh, do, 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 do The reason
1: can... I don't think that that is a sound argument at all is that, you know, how can you ever draw that line? I mean, you can say it's a really clear line with Trump if you want to, but you could make probably a pretty solid legal argument that that is not intent and that there is no proof of that. I mean— You can't have on one hand calling Donald Trump like a crazy idiot, and then on the other hand, he's a maniacal genius. Which is it? Is he really clear in his intention when he says things? Does he really understand what he means? Exactly. Well, you can't prove that. So just because something bad happened as a result of somebody's speech, you should never make the argument that there are consequences. Like, you know, the fire in the crowded theater thing is a matter of degrees, Right. And I'm not comfortable with with corporations making that decision. I'm comfortable with juries of peers making that decision in a legal framework. I'm not otherwise comfortable with the circular firing squad of doxing and economic reprisal against your community, which is option two that everyone else is exercising. Both of these things are crazy negative, And that's all that I'm seeing happen, even with people that I normally respect right now and it's alarming.
0: I mean, hmm.
1: and I'm speaking out about it on here because we have a small audience of people that I'm friendly with and I'm seeing a lot of them do this and I'm trying to tell them uh in no uncertain terms, get your head out of your ass people. You're really on the wrong side here and you're and you're showing your ass on your posts. I mean, I haven't seen anything too
0: wild, but I don't know. There's been enough like car wrecks to like pay attention to
1: that I'm like I don't even know. Well, everyone is group thinking, which is what I don't like. None of it seems that wild per post see but I it's would... this it's this collective decision that it's okay when it happens to the team I'm not on.
0: See, I was very much on the side of black Twitter that was like oh no we're we're done we 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 fixed a lot, so like you can have your your white out and I was like, "You know, cheers, I think this is the one." <laughs> I think that's the the position. If you are like on the side of like no no, do what's right for a kind of democratic society, like you can sit this one out. Like th- this is a kind of infighting potential that um might be useless uh to jump into. Um you can just watch with popcorn at this point. I was like, you know what? I like that. I'm was on neither side, but I'm going to I'm going to sit over here now.
1: You know what? I yes. Uh, I'm only jumping in on this podcast because this is you know, a practice for you and I, and this is a forum to do that. But I generally agree with that sentiment too. Um, More or less, just watch from the sidelines and watch people tear each other up. But at the same time, I, I have a guilt complex. I feel guilty about that because if I don't get my two cents in that, hey, guys, don't do this circular firing squad stuff. Don't cheer for censorship stuff um that's the part that feel you're bad just like about, not voic- yeah. about mm-hmm. voicing that
0: yeah that's the part that it's like uh, doing like let them let them work it out maybe maybe they'll work it out they probably won't and but when they fuck up that's when it's just like you are it's a, a a chorus of like um people around the ring like no no you don't get to leave no no you have to fight, fight it out no no Well, Um, it's just
1: too It's It sucks to be on the sidelines, you know, because it's like I'm not on Team 1A or Team 1B, um, but they control the discourse and they control the levers of power at small and large levels. So as a member of neither team, having to shut up really bothers me. I don't want to shut up. I wish I could participate in this, except if if, if I did, I would have to align with one of you, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, we all know right. you don't want to shut up. I mean, that's anyone who's well, no, had two nobody drinks, want to drinks shut with up. you that, at a party. <laughs> yeah. Nobody should want to shut up, though. Like, it sucks that that's the only third option, is either participate in a very perverse discourse from one side or another, or shut up.
0: Uh, you know what have kind to of shut up and then
1: resign. No,
0: no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. It's more, a, more or less a, a, this kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'll be quiet. I'll be over here. I'm watching. <laughs> like, fuck around and find out if you're gonna try it, but like, no, no, this is your fight now. No, no, Ooh, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you, but no, no, don't ask me for help. No, no, no. Or don't, don't try and rope me in with you all fuckers. No, no. Uh, we're over here and fight it out. I will laugh right. at your weird, freaky, uh, headgear, uh, because that's fucked up and I don't understand. And why are you wearing sweatpants in the Capitol? I don't get
1: it. Um, Well, I guess all we can hope is that that group of people standing over in the corner filing their nails and watching the cat fight gets larger than the other two groups eventually. I think it is. I think it kind of always has been, but um, it also needs to be more vocal in its own right.
0: It's not necessarily about being vocal. It has to be more active. It doesn't have to be loud. Interesting. That's true. And I think this is what Georgia shows you is like, you don't have to be fucking like loud and doing it. You just have to like be doing it, period. Again, like is Stacey Abrams the loudest person, you know, on Twitter? I don't see her that much. No, she's not AOC, like, going, like, let me, you know, what is it, drums, banging the drums for ideas? She's like, no, no, I'm just doing the work. No, 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 and then I'm done. Don't ask me me to do any other shit than to do the work because I'm done.
1: I, I take your point. It's just too bad that that's in service of Team 1B and not in service of something actually good, you know?
0: It's in 1B, but again, like, having that lower profile it's like yeah i did it for you this time but i can clearly do whatever i want it's a it's a very subtle flex that i do love deeply where it's like oh no i did this no 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 you cross me i can turn it any
1: other way i don't know i think the problem with that is that when you do a favor for either of team 1a or team 1b you immediately get absorbed into them you don't have any real power you have as much power as they let you have when you have it's the power of you now- for them they will let you help them win an election. They will not let you do anything actually meaningful. We don't know yet. It's true that we don't know yet. But I, mean, I think, think it's think pretty. About I think it's pretty obvious. Like the two thousand dollar check thing with Joe Manchin is the perfect example. It's pretty obvious they're not going to do anything meaningful.
0: I would be. I mean, I have this sneaking suspicion it'll be like, oh no, we're just going to give you fourteen hundred dollars because we already gave you the six. So like, it's kind of the same thing, right? like I see that as the the potential it won't be like oh no you got 6 here's 2000 and it'll be like no no 14 this is what we could kind of negotiate
1: and it's like how about more can i have more please ultimately they're just negotiating with themselves this is what the Democrats do is negotiate with themselves down to a lower number when they could have gotten more because they have complete power. I mean, this happened during the Obama administration with health care, and they're about to do the same thing again on a number of other topics where, hey, you guys have both chambers and the presidency. You could do whatever you want. You could stack the Supreme Court. You could eliminate the filibuster. You could do all this stuff, but you're not You could put do
0: term limits on the Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, and they're not going to do any of it.
0: no. They should, They're though. also not going to prosecute I mean, like, I think that would be the Trump. way out. Like, you're just like, oh, well, we let, you know, a Republican held everything, install these wackos. So, like, why not just be like, well, you have, like, a 10-year term limit. So, like, bye. I'm
1: so sorry. Oh, well, that doesn't that doesn't serve their interests. It doesn't serve their interests at all. They can't establish the precedent that you can change the rules that dramatically because the next time Team 1A is in there, they're going to change the rules in their direction. Even though what like government kind of is supposed that. to do, though, I mean th- that is the idea of having like checks and balances ostensibly. But I mean, technology and uh, our population and a number of other factors have gotten so far beyond what the Constitution could possibly meaningfully frame anymore that, short of rewriting the entire thing or editing it to a really severe degree, um, having a two-party system like this doesn't work anymore. Especially when the two parties are not divided about anything substantial, they're only divided about matters of optics. Yeah. Optics and money. Only optics. They're not really divided about money, it's just that Democrats realize you can keep the reins of power for a little bit longer if you throw some change to the peasants every once in a while. They realize that income inequality is a destabilizing element in any civilization and want to curb that, uh only a little bit for as long as possible. Republicans are pretty balls to the wall not really giving a fuck and they'll let shit collapse if it needs to. No, because then you can have more absolute power cuz that's that's just a power a party of power. Well, yes. But so are the I mean so are the Democrats. They just mm-hmm. have a better yeah. disguise for it. That's all I'm getting at is it's just a matter of optics, it's not a matter of substance, never has been. Yeah. Or at least not since the 70s. That tracks. And that's what's so tragic about our moment. I mean, it really puts me in a blue funk because it's like, you know, Obama blew his New Deal moment and Joe Biden's going to blow it even worse. It's,
0: I mean, why not strike when the iron's hot? You got the opportunity. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Come on, just do it, please.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, geez. I don't know if you could hear that in the microphone, but something must be happening in the game because there's a lot of shouting downstairs right now. Shouting.
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have... About three ambulances uh, go by uh, on this record, so who knows? All right. Um, I would like to get to uh, Church and Rothko as a lovely uh, corollary to our current moment, but uh, that might have to be the after show because
1: I do have to pee desperately. Well, why don't you just go pee? What I was going to recommend on this episode is- We just go long? Why don't we just go long and not do an after show? How's that? Great.
0: Great. Desperately have to pee. Sorry, Alicia. Just listen longer.
1: I don't know. Nah, it's okay. (laughs) I'm going to read one thing to cap off our previous conversation and let the, the better podcasters do the job for me. This is from Anakachian. The problem with empathy politics is that they will be used to push through all manner of repressive security and austerity policies post 9-11 style. Because who can argue with feelings unless you're a monster? Well, we all know you can't say
0: fuck your feelings, even
1: though like. And I think that's all there is to it. Uh, You took notes during a Red Scare podcast. No, she was. I was looking on Instagram while you were in the bathroom, and she just posted it just now. Oh well, yeah. And I thought well, it fit. So,
0: I, you know, again, turf bang. So, like, I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Can't get on board.
1: Um, not anymore. I mean, she's got long hair. She got lip fillers. She's looking real hot. She honestly. got fillers. Oh yeah, and cheek. That's fillers. not surprising. And what? And cheek cheek things.
0: Oh, some restlane under the. Uh, more. She's got high cheek. Anyway. That's a lot of cheekbone. <laughs> Damn, bitch. I mean, like, you already look like a drag queen. Like, calm it down. Like, oh, hey, hey, hey. It.
1: Easy, easy, easy. What? Queens against queens over here. I don't like it.
0: Well, that. right. <laughs> that's the tone of this year.
1: <laughs> God. Ugh. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you about Church and Rothko, though. Can we get into it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, you know, I
0: did the thing ostensibly i was supposed to be quarantined for 10 days so like today is t- supposed to be the first day i was be able to be able to go out into the public oh okay. reader reader once i got that negative test result i said ma'am i have to go um and again first negative test result from uh in urgent care i've ever had love it um <laughs> i was like oh this is new shit well wow. like the person on the phone I was like I don't know how to log in she's like okay you can okay I'll update it do you see it now and I was like yay and she's like yeah I'm like all right this is the first time cool all right so <laughs> so church and Rothro. first of all let me lay this out there the catalog is garbage and I paid $60 for it
1: ooh Jeez, okay. I thought
0: there was gonna be like a scholarly writing because I was like, "This is a very affecting show." Let me buy the catalog. I'm sure the essay will be great. The essay is so bad, so useless.
1: Real quick, can you tell me where the show was again? Menuchen. Okay. So yeah. I oh, very the, fitting. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Well,
0: sorry, I kind of have to." Um, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's gorgeous, but it also is flawed as fuck. In let's get into this. So like this idea is great because the title of the show is sublime. I'm like, all right, I'm in. You, you got me like, let's do this. Um, and you walk into like this beautiful red Rothko and then this um, red sea painting um, of like a lone ship on a, you know, typically in, uh, in classical literature would be the, with the wine red sea. So it's like this black sea cadmium red sunset, Single boat and then that, and you're like, "Ooh, got that tone," but you walk through the show and you're like, "Wow, these wall colors are really fucking up." Like, I, I had this realization. I was like, "Rothko's work when you don't paint the walls gray or like blue, like why are you like there's so much uh, haptic thing things happening that like you're adding another color and it's really." Well, the, yeah, they depend Jarring. so
1: much on color relativity that I think you can ruin the effect of a Rothko really easily with even the wrong lighting, let alone a colored wall.
0: A colored wall. Like, the lighting was fine. I mean, seeing seeing a Rothko in, a brown, like, an Upper East Side brownstone is impeccable. Like, that is the right scale you feel. Every, like, everything is right about the being with. Um, right. And what you start to realize about a church is that Churches are very dependent on your yourself as viewer as how you look at them and what angle because like that's his camera you know camera angle onto the scene. So I I found myself doing a lot of this and this and this. Um, and then I told you like I there's a Rothko that is in Christopher Rothko's collection that doesn't usually see the light of day. I cried almost like there was a tear and I went wow. Um, but Rothkos do that to me. Rothkos are the only thing that I'm like. <laughs> I feel things. Ah, Um, Interesting. But, like, all the other... The churches were beautiful. Again, uh, framed to shit. I would have loved to be like, well, we're going to do a Rothko show and a church show. Break off the frames off of everything. Well, I...
1: You know, you have to understand, though, that that's how the churches were presented in their day, too. There's really no such thing as an unframed church. I honestly think that that sort of modernist presentation model of, like an empty painting has everything to do with objecthood. And that just wasn't a discourse in in the 19th century.
0: But if you're trying to kind of do this corollary of sublimity and and this kind of, like, endless awe, you don't leave the gold frame on.
1: Well, I think you have to. I mean, because both... The thing that's interesting to me about the Church and Rothko show from a distance is that both of those things are propaganda. Yeah, which is barely hinted at in... That's what I would have expected a good essay to be about, especially given the political climate. Um the fact that it's at Minuchin Gallery probably makes that an impossibility.
0: The that yeah, continue and then I'll rebut. But but, yeah. but the
1: the the reason to leave the frame on, setting aside very material issues of like those paintings are conserved over time, they're probably not on original supports anymore, like things behind them don't look as they used to nor do they look as they should but you have to present the things as they were presented to viewers in their era and i think that works with the upper east side brownstone for the rothkos i mean you you can only do this in so far but that works for the scale of the rothkos and the frame serves as the architecture does to the rothko right
0: like, yeah yeah cuz there's yeah the dentifressing of yeah
1: okay yeah and the way shadows interact with the paintings, even around the edges, the, the way that they're cropped and things, like, all of this does matter and was taken into consideration when they were made. Who knows if those frames were original, though? At this point, we're far enough removed that, like, they could have been reframed at a, a certain Well, but, point. like, the, the, brown, the certain brownstone that they were in was not original to the Rothko either, but it serves to affect it in a meaningful way. Yeah. Mm. It's not really important whether it's authentic. It's important whether it gestures towards that.
0: I think. That's true. I mean I uh, I wonder about that. Like what I want to get at is like this idea of like when you think about the the propaganda of it all, it's like, um what this essay tried to unpack is like, well, Church was painting in an upheaval time, like he was painting around the time of the Civil War. And you're like, okay. And then you have Rothko, an immigrant, painting during World War Two. Okay it just kind of like drops that as like here's some facts and this is what happened like he made a couple paintings as a young man worked under uh fuck thomas cole um and then like during the sparks of the civil war he went to mexico did some paintings and then came back and was like oh fuck um and then you see a lot of cadmium red and you're like okay that's it like that's all we got okay, cadmium red is the only thing and then it just switches over and is like, and Rothko. And you're like, Rothko was sad. And you're like, okay, duh. And like, right. it, it just got, it was like, it's like the modus operandi of the show is like, why haven't we ever seen these together? I'm like, I don't know. But y'all are old and actually like, you
1: know, do this all the time. Like study the
0: history. Like, can you give me something? You have an idea? Because I could tell you, but No
1: it's very it's very typical of the art world, especially in written form to um be sensational on the intro and then kind of drop the entire premise and be pretty um vague and cliche in its you know body and conclusion um I think the interesting thing about both of those artists from the perspective of propaganda is not really the tumult of their times but what they were uh trying to signal towards what was possible. So like Friedrich Church is about westward expansion, right? Like the tension of the civil war is eventually relieved in expansion to the West and his iconic paintings mostly serve as propaganda for that kind of westward expansion. That's closer to a Bierstadt though. That's, that's Bierstadt's back. Bier, Bierstadt did that too. But, but I think, I think the same principle applies to church, although he was a little more cosmopolitan and worldly. Um, Bierstadt, ironically, was like particularly American and about like painting what would become later national parks. But um, the sublime vision that was presented, like those ships sailing away in Friedrich churches are like the promise of America damaged as it may be sailing into the sunset of the West. You know, there was space available. And in the 19th century, that was very literal. It meant geographic and land space. So it's expressed in the form of the landscape. Now, with Rothko after World War II, um, the sublimity turns inward. So they tend to paint Rothko in terms of his like depression or his sadness or whatever. But really what that is, is the victory of the individual on a global scale. And the expansiveness of Rothko and the color in his paintings is manifest destiny put onto the individual instead of onto a nation.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you, there's that. You could do those kind of jumps right but like what i think like is the swing and a miss is like what is when you talk about the idea of like uh, the endless space like the forward march of time and then you there's the grandiosity of you know when you think about um what's that painting of the guy on the ice like standing on the top of a mountain yeah the the casper david friedrich
1: yeah the friedrich
0: guy like you have that, like he's actually the linchpin linchpin between the two where it's like what is what is the vista that anyone is looking at? And then with the church you have like the literal slash collaged vista. And then you have the vista of a Rothko which is towards the interior, even though it's this other space. Like it's something you sink into not peer out beyond. Right. Like the idea of beyondness is very different between the two even though or maybe it isn't. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know how I want to figure out the beyondness of both of them, but
1: well, I think we've already expressed it in terms of interior interiority and individualism against a sort of collective expansion. I think that's really the difference.
0: And like, I don't know. Like there's a lot of things that are out of scale in churches that I didn't realize like. So there's I mean, you uh, they reference this in the catalog, but you know the painting in the CMA, the that tree trunk with the fiery red sky? Yeah, yeah. If you think about the size of that trunk, like, it would be massive or it would be tiny, but it's schmedium. It's squarely schmedium. So the vantage point of it is very uh, mutable in this very strange way. Does that make right. sense? So yeah. there's this painting in this show that has this little boy who's about, let's say... Th- three or four inches tall but like based on your spacing and then again when you're moving around the space to figure out like how this would have been imaginarily painted you're like that's the world's largest toddler like it has elephantism or the space is so warped that i can't begin to make sense of it
1: yeah well like i know that you know this but maybe for people that don't like those paintings are composite images. Yeah. Um, what later somebody like an Ansel Adams would do in terms of photography, like taking three different exposures and basically collaging them together is the same way that a Friedrich Church painting was made, the difference being that it was from like oil sketches rather than negatives. Um, but, you know, the the mystery of, uh, or the, the hagiography is like, oh, Church was so good at
0: that. But then you see this like four, three-inch little boy and you're like, no, 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 this is pretty bad. Like this should have been apparent. parent at the time that the surreality is
1: just below the surface and that just doesn't get talked about. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the painting, but I think, I think you could, I think church was a good enough artist that you could ascribe intention to that. Like maybe the boy was meant to be sort of larger than life to symbolize growth, growth of a nation and growth of, uh, an individual, you know, like I, I really don't think that that's that out of step or, uh, could have been a mistake. I'm texting you a picture of this little boy,
0: because he's right next to a tree too, which is like Huh? Like again, this would be a giant little boy, and based on the vantage point of looking into the the horizon, you're just like, is this little boy very close, or he he seems like
1: he should be closer than this? Di- well, I guess I mean I think it's debatable. But, like, but what what's your what's your point at the end of the day before we get too in the weeds?
0: I mean my point is that like when you think about like uh again like the like we know that it's a composite but like I don't know I feel like when you see a lot of them all together cuz you don't you normally don't see more than like two one or two right and then to to actually see a bunch of them is actually like a, a treasure in and of itself um and then you just kind of see like oh this was like you just Okay, we know you ostensibly did this all the time, but to be a witness to it, you're just like, oh, you kind of flubbed it a, a little bit, like, and no one, this wasn't the primary thing people talked about at all. Like, we only are talking about it later. Like, I, it just gets very like, I don't know, I don't know where to go with that. Like, it, it just becomes this kind of like, huh, yeah, mm. you were a well, Thomas I... Kincaid of your time in, in some regards.
1: I guess I mean I I think it just depends again on how much you think it was like an accident or that he flubbed it I don't think he flubbed anything
0: but like again this is where I I kind of look at the like the lack in the catalog of like being disappointed at the any sort of scholarly tie is like because you know Rothko's are really good at manipulating your emotions again why am I crying in front of Rothko's I don't do this like what like I, I know that there's some kind of schemery in terms of doing that um like why wouldn't that why wouldn't that manipulation be a part of the conversation between the two
1: yeah i mean i i think it should be i i don't i don't know how to answer the question of why the writing failed other than i don't expect very much of that type of thing at this point um, but I think the reason that you might look at it as an error or as a mistake or as a flub or whatever is just that the type of emotional manipulation that a church was going for doesn't work on a 21st century mind in the same way that it would have worked on a 19th century mind. It doesn't um, do the wonderment that I'm it sure it because was. Because we have it innovations in of things like photography and cinema, you know, Um let alone the internet like the the type of spectacle that a church painting would have presented to the average viewer in 1865 is not accessible to us anymore it's too far away he was the cutting edge of technology of image presentation at the time and I mean, you just the don't have northern that relationship lights painting still still bangs like it still works yeah, well, it's not to say that occasionally they they can't bang or that they can't work. It's just that in in the aggregate they're not going to do what they were intended to do anymore. Other things do that better. A Werner Herzog documentary is maybe something that's equivalent to a church, you know. Yeah. I I have that on the brain. I I just was rewatching Into the Inferno last night, the one about volcanoes and like thinking about how Herzog uses like uh extended long shots of very sublime images to great effect just through silence. But that's what church was doing too, but that can't compete with cinema. No, but
0: know? like if you if you had that as a trio, you'd be like, Yeah, Rothko's the linchpin. Like you have the terror. Like I think, yeah, like, right. And I think like maybe this is what like I don't think uh, a church can do now is that I don't see the terror of the sublimity. You're just like, that's gorgeous. Like yeah, it is right. just like you sub you're just blown away by the, the beauty of the person of the capture. And it's like, but that's a single instance. And it's a collage when you have something more indexical, like a, like a Hertzog, you're just like, it's, it can do both. And it's a,
1: it's, It has
0: one less filter on it. Yeah. It's and equally it re- as
1: editorial, but... Right. It it has one less filter on it, and it relies on the idea of easy travel, which is another thing that you and I have kind of glossed over. Like The church paintings are not as impressive when you've actually been to the west of the United States and seen these things. If you've ever seen the real Northern Lights, the Northern Lights church painting looks like garbage. If it's a you've cartoon, ever s- which
0: is what, you know, in the classical sense, these paintings are cartoons of
1: right scenery. Well, and back to your point about indexing, like, well, we have seen at least an index of everything ever represented in a church painting. You've at least seen a photograph of these sublime moments, and the photograph will always trump the painting. Except oh, yeah. in the except in admiring the technical ability behind it which was never the point.
0: Yeah. They tried to make a point that like the you know the emergence of cadmium was like this uh, amazing way to like hit emotional impact and I'm like we're going to use an impressionist argument towards why Rothko and Church hit in the same way was cadmium. That's it. Like that was the one little like oh well that's an idea that I, like, thought while reading it. I was like, well, that is an idea, but, like,
1: no. I think that that's an okay idea, but it's definitely a false equivalence between Church and Rothko, if that's what you're going to go with. I mean, I think that that applies to Church paintings pretty well. Like, the advent of uh, synthetic pigments or of really high-intensity pigments, whether they were synthetic or not, did matter a lot in that era. And the ability to represent light with almost the intensity of the real experience... Um, was a big deal Uh, by the time Rothko comes around I mean you can buy that at Dick Blick practically so it's not as big of a deal Um, it just has more to do with his his recognizing that color alone was the thing not the technology behind color
0: yeah it was mm, yeah
1: but then you try to like correlate that with Rothko and you're like
0: there were so uh, many other like chemistry projects on the pigment front that you're like this doesn't no thank you you know it's well, not like nothing it's a... about
1: nothing about rothko was scientific or illustrative no it's very weird to sort well, of pull that early, out as a card but... well right but i mean uh classic rothko's what we think of as the er rothko in everyone's mind um that's not very scientific painting that's romanticism taken to the nth degree it has nothing to do with observation anymore
0: which is a church corollary which i would have loved to have a, a deeper thought about again by someone who ostensibly like looks at thinks about this harder than i do but you know it's very strange to like walk in and have these like you know like not that i think about church a lot but i think about rothko a lot but like And I don't think about art that much that hard, but also when in the presence of, I can go, got it. Like, and can have this sustained conversation. That's longer than a fucking like commissioned essay. Like, this is the part where I get a little annoyed where again, it's just like, so this is just a formal exercise that ostensibly like, you know, I think about like Gagosian historical shows. When you think about like uh, the Picasso, um, the fuck was it like the conquistador paintings or what were they do you remember Uh, that show so like when you have like john elderfield writing a catalog for a gallery show it's a very different experience than getting this like puff piece like i was like oh this is a buzzfeed art thing that i just paid way too much for and now i'm a little mad yeah because this was effective and could do this could be useful Especially given our current climate, about like what is felt, what is construct, what is uh, constructed, what is you know, what is propaganda, and then it just is like you know the world's wet as far like thought wise, beautiful as things, beautiful as a collection, but then you're like, oh yeah, it's truly just like these are a bunch of things that are secured through uh, a third party art advisory service because these people want to sell these these church paintings, and then Christopher. Rothko's like I could sell one like that's where you go like oh you guys showed your asses a little too hard
1: well whatever I mean to, to me that's all after the fact stuff it doesn't really affect your experience or conversation around the paintings or the two artists very much when you at the end of the day the disappointing thing about it is like all you really had to do was say that somebody, whoever was in charge of this show, had an interesting intuition. Which was, we rarely see Church and Rothko paintings together. Wouldn't it be interesting to do the show? Basically, the better thing to do, the more satisfying thing to do, would have been to put on the show and not try to justify it at all, or to do Loveless it and call that, it a day. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: For those of you who don't know, Loveless was a show at Greenough Tally mm, six years ago list of artists no press release gone just like here's a story figure it out and it was the best show I think I've ever seen in a gallery
1: yeah I mean that was a rare example of a gallery deciding to do a very minimally uh framed presentation that worked really well but I think a lot of artists that curate shows do this pretty well where basically they have a good intuition about what to put together and they write a thing that is very short normally and says something to the effect of, I just thought this was a good idea. Um, Here's what I was thinking about when I did it. And that's pretty much it. Uh, You can get away with that if the show is good. And it sounds like this is one of those shows that was then try, they tried to retroactively make it into something it wasn't and couldn't uh, cook up a good enough justification. So it deflated the thing.
0: I think also, I mean, this is, like, this is the sad part, is, like, it's a good idea, it's a good, huh, idea. And you can do that if you're, like, not dealing with historical artifacts. Like, again, like, this is the kind of thing, like, it's a church and Rothko show. People have written dissertations on this for a very long time. And, granted, like, we get that it's a commercial space, but, like, at least be honest with the hunch, like... Because you're doing a lot of work to just tell people like, oh, I got a hunch.
1: What I just tried to say was let the hunch do the work. Like trust your audience that they'll understand what the connections are and let their personal lived experience like direct the conversation around the show.
0: I don't think the people who are in the mood or who have the means to buy a church or a Rothko uh, have these kind of thought capabilities is the problem. Because this is really just a show to try to sell priceless things. Right. Well, we would say priceless, but no, people have a number for these things. Ostensibly nothing is for sale because it's all from private collections. But is it?
1: Well, it's for sale in the back room. It's not for sale publicly. Yes.
0: So that kind of, that taints it. It's like, oh, the idea of the sublime can be discussed and can be framed, but only if we can make money off of it, which that's the part that you just kind of like makes me. Hmm. Yeah. But that's just the art world. That's art world. Point. I mean, I, I think you just uh, have it, to,
1: I think you just have to ignore that in favor of the experience of the paintings, which, which we did here.
0: Yeah. But then no, I just got this book that I'm like, Oh fuck. It's not even bound. Right. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> like it's bound pretty shitty. It warped immediately. As soon as I took the plastic off, what the fuck's that about? Um, but I mean, I don't know. I was thinking about this a lot. Because, like, like, I think part of my, like, disappointment with the, like, the memorabilia that I, I, I purchase is, like, you know, like, it's very hard. It's not even that hard. But it's it's more steps than I'm used to to go see a show, right? I had to make an appointment, which, whatever. But, like, you have to do a lot to go do the things that you want to do, right? Like, that you, like kind of, you know, feed you up in here, right? Right. And you get that, but then you're just like, what's this for? Like, that, that fed me, but, like, I know that this is not... This was not a good-willed, you know, especially after reading the thing, you're like, this was not intended as a service or towards a cultural thing. It, it was not intended for culture it was intended towards trade retail yeah that hurt that like kind of breaks my heart in so many regards like again because it is so difficult to do and this is why it's like hard to like go see shows you're like i gotta make a fucking appointment what the fuck is this like like you're like i'm making an appointment which normally appointments in galleries are only for collectors we don't no one makes an appointment you right. know the schlubs just roll in. Hi, you're open. Hi, let me look at the stuff. Okay, twenty seconds. Got to go. Bye. And now it's like it's a it's a task to do it, and then you're just like, oh, this this is a lot. Just to re- be reminded that like this wasn't for you,
1: and you that know, well, that's the part that hurts me very deeply. You're reminding me back to forty five minutes ago the same advice that you gave me right there's no need to be loud about it you don't have to be on team 1a or team 1b that's the collectors in the galleries talking to each other in your example you don't have to be worried about what their discourse is with each other to enjoy what they're doing um and if your only outlet for the church and Rothko show is this podcast well now you know how i feel about politics
0: <laughs> yeah but like it it it, the the heartbreaking part is like you know like the idea. This goes back to the noblesse oblige thing, where it's like, again, you have access to these things. You you could, you can make, people think differently, and it's such wasted opportunity. And it yeah, that's the part that I'm like, it could make you think differently about like, you know, because I wanted to see uh, there's an Alice, Alice Tippett show at uh, Nisselbushie, and I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna go where. Um, and it's like, yeah, I could do that. But like, that's so much work. It's anxiety. I don't like taking the train at this point. Like, and especially like given my, my scare situation, I was like, I don't know. Um, like to do this, to kind of take anything in takes a lot of risks at this point. Um, and then just to be reminded that like, this is a, this is commerce, you're like, I knew that all the time anyway, but like if people are gonna go do the, if you're gonna offer it to people, offer them something more than like
1: a room temperature like eight ounce bottle of water, you know, well, but it sounds like at the end of the day, in spite of themselves they off- they offered you a lot more you thought I had to do the work, we had a though. Good, we had a good conversation about it, sure, um. But you have to separate what their intention is from what your intention is. And the only difference between you and I is that it doesn't bother me because I gave up on art a long time ago. Well, that's disingenuous, but okay, whatever. Uh... <laughs> in the in the sense that I had any illusions about what other people are doing with it.
0: Oh, I mean, I already, I mean, I know that. And it, like, like, I love the gossip around that. Like, that gives me like, hmm. <laughs> but like, when it comes to like, the things themselves, like when they don't get treated well, I get a little. That's where I go, like, I know it's horse trading, but like, you have to groom the horses, like, brush the tails, and
1: what the fuck? You're hey not man, doing it's that. Not like like, there was a, it's not like there was a QAnon guy with a Viking helmet on in there. They were treated just fine. I don't understand what you mean. I think what what you're talking about is your romantic notion of what art and art discourse should be. You're talking about a fantasy. You're not talking about it as it exists, and I and I think what frustrates you is that the uh current circumstance makes the contrast between your romanticism and the material reality all that much more clear.
0: I, I, I do think that like I'll I'll grant you this that my like Catholicism like latent Catholicism does like rear its head when it's like show some respect. I mean shit. Like you have these beautiful paintings from church and you have these never before seen Rothkos, like they're in the sun's collection they don't get the time of day and then you're just going to be like we thought they look cool it's like they do yeah I, i'll give you that but like i have to do a lot of work but i would like some insight like because i think that the the goal of, and of being a gallerist is that you're doing a service to the world by giving a venue for these ideas to exist. That's where
1: that's where you're wrong. This is this I know is why I'm wrong, our, but like this that's is why our two perspectives ideal. are different because you've never worked in a commercial gallery before. I did. The Purpose of being a gallerist is to make money.
0: I know I did that, of, And it, the purpose it, of
1: galler, a gallery is not to be a service. However, that does not prevent the art from performing its own public service in spite of the gallery. Yeah. Uh, Church and Rothko and you, in collaboration are getting one over on the people that are just trying to make a dime. It's too bad though, that you have to make an appointment. It's too bad though, that that's not at a museum. It's too bad yeah. that that is not more widely known. I get where you're coming that's from. W- that's the part where I'm like, if this was a show at a museum,
0: this would be informative for a lot more people. It would be less selective about who knows, like, cause you just see Mnuchin and you're like, you cause like, I already thought that. I was like, oh, I have to go here. Fine. But, like, you put that in the, like, the layman rotunda at the Met, and then you have a bunch of people going, like, yeah, that is a, like, wow, America has a lot of through lines. And you're like, what a time to point out that American through lines in times of tumult are kind of a thing. But, no, you have to, like, make an appointment at a place on 78th. Like, to have it and even inkling that that exists. And then there's no one even walk you through it because the people who are trying to guide you gave up, right? Like it's well, a hey. lack of stewardship. And that's the part that frustrates me. Like it, when you think about like what the idea of what the curatorial is supposed to do, it's supposed to care for the objects. The objects will always do their work. They will always do their job. If you don't care for it, you're letting down the objects and the people who see them and potentially misdirecting the people who see them. And that makes me mad. Yeah. Well, you're Sorry. just up I don't with know. the rest of us. Like, if,
1: <laughs> like
0: I don't like to get heated, but that's not even heated, but it is making me like a little emotional. Cause I'm like, it's a bad steward of culture. And it like, we know that like galleries at this point are bad stewards of culture. So where do we go is the next kind of question. But that's too much at this point.
1: I think, yeah, I th- I think it's a good place to stop because we have to do what you told me to do. You have to sit it out. Yeah, I would love to. Happen. Wa- I mean, yeah. Oh. And we, meaning you and I and people like us, will pick up the pieces of this when it's all said and done. But for now, all we can do is wait. Oh. And that powerlessness makes me angry too. It's not fun. No way. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> all right all right and we we're hitting stop off, Fred, on the record all right so yeah
0: you can follow the twitter it says are you still recording better yeah uh it's green underscore and underscore lewis uh because i misspelled green the first time because my thumbs were fat and it was five in the morning
1: um uh, great i'm gonna find e. that password i'm gonna get us banned so uh, anybody that wants to follow follow now
0: I don't think you'll know what the password is, but even though you know my out. pin for my bank account, like I don't yeah. think you'll figure out this
1: password. <laughs> well, I'll hold you I'll hold your money hostage until you let me in.
0: Wait, you have my card? Like what? Okay.
1: Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure I have a picture of it somewhere.
0: What? <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> bye.